Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorites of all of Stephen King's books is The Stand. I'll have to be honest, it wasn't that his book is my favorite, it's that the miniseries, the old one made off the book, was my favorite, and I learned to like the book from the miniseries. Because the miniseries, I think, captured something that maybe even Stephen King didn't intend, and that is the idea of this battle between good and evil. And that the good is often chaotic and misorganized and doesn't always have its act together, whereas the evil often is very structured and has a lot of power and knows exactly what it's trying to accomplish. But in the miniseries, The Stand, there's this one scene as all of these victims of a horrible plague feel in their dreams that they're being called to this little farm in Nebraska. And one of the young men shows up and there's a bunch sitting around a table and this elderly woman explains to them how them being gathered together was God's plan that God wants to have these people together to be his witnesses in the face of the tremendous evil that is rising to the West. And this one young man looks at her, and he's deaf and mute, so he signs, I don't believe in God. And the woman just starts to laugh and says, oh, that's so cute, but it really doesn't matter whether you believe in God, he believes in you. There's something very similar happening in our Old Testament reading for this week. The reading starts out with the name of somebody who is not a biblical saint. He's not even connected to the Jewish people. His name is Cyrus, and he is, of all things, the emperor of the Medes and the Persians. Iran. And God says, I have picked Cyrus not just to do some good things, but the Lord says he is going to be my Messiah my anointed one, who is going to accomplish the deliverance of my people. And not my people only, but a great many people. Cyrus would rule over an empire the largest that the world really ever saw until the rise of Genghis Khan. And Khan's empire didn't last all that long. Cyrus, you see, had a very different approach to governance than all of the previous empires before him. Rather than conquering and subjugating people and making them all worship the conquering people's God. He said, let a thousand flowers bloom. Let the peoples worship their own God so long as they go to their God in prayer for us. So he actually went to the Jewish people and not them alone, but a great number of other conquered peoples and said, go home. Go back to the places where our enemies had uprooted you and taken you away and go back and establish your temples, your places of worship. Pray to your God for the success of all of us together as the Medes and the Persians, and all of us together as one people. Now Cyrus doesn't know the God of Israel, or in some ways he doesn't really know any God. He's worshiping kind of all of them and none of them at the same time. But it really doesn't matter that Cyrus doesn't know the Lord. The Lord knows him, and he uses Cyrus for his own intentions and purposes. Now, in our day, we are ruled by all sorts of little Caesars, and I'm not talking about the pizza place. We're ruled by prime ministers and kings and presidents and congresses and warlords and sometimes elected councils. And sometimes we look at those people and think, Lord, 
what was your idea in putting these people in a position of authority? What are you trying to accomplish? Even people that we elect as a country, Canada, or the United States, or India, or Pakistan, we look at them and say, really, Lord, I'm not exactly sure what you're up to here. So it's good to reflect on the fact that if the Lord could pick Cyrus, he can pick anyone. And that doesn't mean that he necessarily picks them to do all the things that we want. The Lord says in our Old Testament reading, just to remind you, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. That people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Sometimes God puts a leader in charge to deliver his people. Sometimes he puts a leader in charge to discipline them. That they might come to a re-realization of the goodness of God in Christ. So, we can't just look at our leaders and say, I really don't like that particular leader. I don't like what they're doing. I think that they're going to be destructive for the country or for the world. Instead, we should ask, what is the Lord accomplishing through these people? The Lord who brings light and darkness, who creates calamity and who makes well-being. Sometimes he raises up Osiris, and sometimes he raises up a Nebuchadnezzar. Sometimes he raises up a King David, and sometimes he raises up a Pharaoh. In all of these things, in all of these leaders, God is accomplishing his purpose, which is that we might turn from our sin and find grace and forgiveness in Christ. God even used the Roman emperor and Pilate and King Herod to accomplish the salvation of his people and draw us to him who brings light in the face of Jesus Christ, in whose name we always pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as we join our hearts and voices.